0: oh we're rolling okay oh shit oh okay all
1: right <laughs> are we rolling we are rolling uh, there's uh, no beeping
0: good. i'm kind of concerned about that hello and welcome to word Up podcast i'm evie
2: and i'm webster
0: and today we are with Famous, infamous, the man of the hour, the man of the ha- camera behind the camera at the stage. I don't know. <laughs>
2: the man of many skills. I like the hour. The man of this hour. Yeah. Just this
1: hour, <laughs> or slightly less than an hour, Yeah. whatever it is. So,
0: Luke Davies. Yes. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you.
1: It's delight. I'm delighted to be asked to be on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you very much. Uh, surviving winter. It's always nice to have people um, turn up unexpectedly and sit around my table.
2: Yeah. You here you are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be here.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So, so
0: let's dive into your story.
1: You sure you want to do this? <laughs>
0: well, do- <laughs> we, we take our chances. <laughs> it's yeah.
2: too late okay. to turn back now, right? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. So for our audience who don't know who you are, would yes. you mind explaining uh, your artwork and what you do?
1: writer oh, that is a it, it feels like a lot doesn't it to put put on the spot like that okay so um let's see i have a uh, i have a video production business so i make videos and uh, films and um uh, i also teach um performance workshops i have a little theater company that teaches um uh, improv to uh, high school students and um and uh I, also um write some poetry, which I've been performing for the last couple of years, so
2: yeah, that's kind of
1: a bunch of the things at the moment.
2: How did the three interact? How did you come to be doing those three things
1: yeah oh, okay, yeah the... <laughs> <laughs> that's quite interesting, I think. <laughs> um that's a that's a long story it goes back a long way but i think what it what it does is like uh identifying um you know when i was younger that i'd like to work in a creative field and that for me was was going to be television Mm -hmm. and um sure enough i worked really hard and i got into television and then found myself in quite a not particularly creative part of television right (laughs) that's not that's not true actually i was in i was in post-production for 15 years and actually it's a collaboratively it was a very very creative working with producers and and, um and it was uh, in that sense it was quite rewarding but what of course what you're doing is you're working within a very narrow um brief to satisfy particular requirements of a show or a channel or a a particular project and so there was still a sort of creative um I still needed to find a, a different creative expression I'd been in youth theatres when I was a kid and stuff, and that was uh, always satisfying. So I knew there was a performance aspect that I wanted to explore as well. So um, that that became theatre and improv, and um, and then uh, yeah, the 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 writing has been again. It's sort of one of those things you sort of think. Has been always been in the back of my mind, quite idly thinking like, oh yeah, I'll probably write something one day, or maybe mm-hmm. you don't, or you know, <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe it's just a delusion, I don't know. But um, uh, a couple of years ago, having uh, I went to see some spoken word for the first time, and having um, some experience of perform, having years of experience performing in a different different way with improv and theatre. Seeing spoken word performers made me think, ah, no, this is really interesting. This could be a new challenge. What I do is I think that I could bring something to this performatively. Um, all I would need now is the words to speak.
2: Right. And So that was
1: the point at which I thought, oh, yeah, no, so I will, I will set myself this challenge of, um, of writing. Yeah. And so that's where that has come in.
0: So, uh, it feels like you've travelled also a lot. You're you're not from around here, are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. I don't know. I've travelled a lot. I've been around the world. Yeah, you lived I, in Australia. Yeah. yeah, so I'm originally from Wales, and then um, I Which felt I would already UK. in the UK. I felt that I'd already travelled quite a lot um, by living in Wales and England. By the time I was um, eventually as an adult, I moved to London to work for the first time, and then... Um, I thought that was already quite a lot of traveling. I was mm. moved around as a kid, but then, uh, uh, yeah, then I married an Australian woman and ended up living in Sydney, having children there. And then, um, because we were both sort of uh, restless and traveling types, um, we thought we'd 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 take a great adventure and go around the world. And uh, we made our first stop um, was Amsterdam. And actually, it sort of went a bit wrong at that point because we ended up staying in Amsterdam for. <laughs> forever uh, so it, it's been 12 <laughs> or 13 years now but, wow. um, this was only supposed to be the first stop on a great world tour oh this is nice <laughs> to just stay here yeah. so that, I mean, that's what happened there yeah
0: what attracted you to amsterdam
1: um in <sighs> amsterdam was um, it was actually somewhere i'd never been before it, it, it sounded interesting it sounded like oh this would be a fun place to be for a little while with small children and there was an opportunity uh for my ex-wife to work here and it was like oh let's we'll we'll try that we'll do that for a year and I, I, as it turned out it just became this sort of like oh this was a really nice place to be it's mm-hmm. a it's a little city there's lots of things um there's lots of creative uh things happening culturally there's lots of interesting things happening um, but it's it's not overwhelming like uh like a big city like london where where we'd lived previously, or Sydney where um it's it's so enormous it always takes two hours to get everywhere and things like that suddenly you 're in this place where you can just ride around on your bikes and it's family friendly and right. lots of cute things happening so it just became it felt like a good place to bring up kids and that's what we we uh, did yeah, so um yeah now the children are almost all grown up. uh,
0: so you are drawing some inspiration for your poetry from traveling or what other things that inspire you
1: uh so what inspires me no i think um, i'm possibly (laughs) what's inspiring me right now um i think one of the most uh one of the most uh things that i'm really enjoying about writing is has not been so much um I uh, so I felt when I started. I, uh, I sorry. I, I mentioned already. When, once I started, it was something. It was something about the challenge of just writing something. How how do I actually do that? Having improvised for so long, or um, or worked with other people in a filmmaking setting, you know, for so long working off with a script, and it's like, okay, how am I going to actually write something down? And that that became that was the initial challenge. What what I found after doing that repeatedly. Um, was actually that the idea of um having particular themes that I wanted to explore was not first and foremost in my mind. What I found by repeated writing was that certain things would come off the page and I recognized that there were themes that I was exploring, mm. and i wasn't doing that deliberately right. um and um so that actually became <laughs> that became quite that is still uh ongoing and that's still a really interesting process. So um some of the themes that I'm noticing that have come out there. There's themes around mortality. I think that's because I'm getting older and my kids are getting older and the kids are a great um uh mirror by which you, you realize that time is passing, you know. Mm-hmm. My my kids are now um uh, one's an adult and one's very nearly an adult. <laughs> and so <laughs> And you go, like, oh, right, yes, I've physically been a long, uh, alive a long time. <laughs> now my children are <laughs> adults. And um, so then, uh, so there's uh, things around ageing and mortality, but there's also things around, um, um, and this is relate to, related to uh, travelling, and that's themes around memory and landscape, the ideas of... Um, Uh, of of home and nostalgia for home and and a sense of belonging and things like that those themes are also coming up Um, another thing that i've noticed uh, because i like to question myself and the work that i'm producing Um, after i've done it uh, for example recently i noticed that i was um, exploring a a theme around a a particular place in wales that i associate strongly with my childhood it's not where i it's not where i lived but it's where my extended family are from and it's ex- and i explored this through several pieces so what i noticed after a few poems was that the poems themselves were rather were, were quite downbeat they were quite um, um they were meandering and they were slow and they were t- you know, and I thought, oh, well, oh, okay, this is quite nice, but there's also not a lot of humour here. So what I'd like to do now is for my next poem, no matter what it is going to be about, I would like it to start from a place of being funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, So mm-hmm. then it became a challenge just to, to say, right, whatever it is I write now and I have no clue what it is, this will be a funny poem. It will be just sort of like, so again, to set myself up in opposition and contrast to what had come before. And I find that's, that's for me, that's quite useful um Technique for stepping into the next piece, next work. It's like, oh, let's let's explore this more because I'm interested, or let's uh, just put pause on that one and explore something completely different in a totally different style.
0: Right, interesting. And how do you experience all that on a stage? How how is your performing part? Because so writing is one part, right, and then performing. Do you find it easy to connect to your audiences?
1: Yeah, um I think it's <laughs> I think the performing of the poetry has been a really um again it's been a really interesting uh, experience a really interesting discovery for me because uh, I feel that I have uh um years of experience as a performer and a, a hosting for example and and lots of uh, tried and tested techniques that I have in order to connect with the audience. Hmm um and that's 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 one thing um f- finding the ways that uh, so that let's say that that's as an, that's as myself as an individual right whether I put on a stage persona or I put myself out there which is a slightly more vulnerable thing to do but there's also the then discovering through the work when I'm writing um what connects with an audience um that's been a new th- that's been a new thing what language can really connects with the with, a, with an audience, what, what's the pacing that I need? The order of the pieces that I might read in a, in a, if I'm given a slot where I can read two, three or four pieces. It's like the order that I presented to the audience is really important as well. Yeah, these yeah. are all things that I'm, I'm finding out and these are all really exciting. Um, I think um, because previously in other arenas I've tended to be on stage with other people at the same time. This is probably the first time Um, that I've consistently been on stage in a a solo way, presenting solo work, and that has brought up a certain um, vulnerability for me as well and a certain anxiety and a certain set of discoveries associated with that as well. So um, uh, the feedback is very important. I've certainly... if there are certain people in the audience who I'll go and talk to afterwards, and, mm-hmm. uh, or people will come up to you and offer um, offer their feedback. That's always really um, wonderful. If somebody, if you've touched somebody in a particular way and they want to express that to you, I think that's a very humbling thing to do. Um, a humbling thing to receive from a person. It's very generous of them. So all of that feeds into these um, into this. Uh, it it is an exploration it is a learning a learning process constantly mm. i think it's worth um uh for me it's really important to uh, keep ref- refining it or keep ex- keep trying things keep experimenting with things um i don't feel like um mm, I'll give you the example of a a stand-up comedian. I think that uh, stand-up comedy doesn't always appeal to me because I feel like there's a trap that a lot of performers fall into of repeating the same material each time, knowing they're set off by heart. Mm -hmm. It goes down pretty well. They repeat it. I think that uh, it lacks spontaneity. It lacks... It lacks... lacks, uh, an organic spark of i think you recognize that it's not quite authentic that it's very slick or very well rehearsed and i think that often that performance can miss miss another way of connecting to the audience which is that the person is really just putting themselves out there and i think the audience responds to that sense of human connection with somebody who they might see as vulnerable or nervous or whatever you know so i think if um so in that sense I think well I'm not afraid to step out and just say like okay well this is what's on my mind this week and these are the pieces I'd like to to read and 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 keep it exciting.
2: Yeah. It sounds like um you're in a constant state of you know developing your process and learning. Um what are some of the milestones that you think uh were instrumental in helping you get to where you are today for you know people who are thinking about getting started in poetry or uh, performance spoken word and the such
1: yeah i think that there's an old um well, there's an old adage around um um i suppose you can you can apply it to, to you can apply it to a lot of the um creative fields but i think i first heard it in the in the uh i think i heard it first for writing and then for acting i heard somebody say like oh uh, and you want to be a writer and they said okay we'll just write Okay, and then somebody else says like, oh, "I want to be an actor," and they said, "Well, just act, right?" <laughs> okay. <and laughs> sense, we'll just, there's no, um, yeah. That I think that the um, i I have, a, I have a i have a sense that it, with, with like again, we, we talk about creative expression. I think, um, I think that eventually, if something needs to come out, it will come out. It will find its channel and it will emerge. I think that i know a lot of people who are afraid to explore the thing that they most want to do because they're afraid to fail we we, this is kind of well we talk about this a lot right you you hear about it every day (laughs) with inspirational memes on uh, instagram (laughs) but um yeah so we have this there's a fear that we won't be won't be good enough now what's quite what's quite interesting is like um lately one of one of one of the uh, in in, um one of the experiences i have is i have children now who are growing up and um so when children are small they have a tremendous creative and imaginative force but they don't have necessarily physical cognitive um, skills and refinement to achieve very high and work. Okay. So what happens is they have a vision of a of a, of perhaps a, a painting they'd like to to do, or something they'd like to write, and they have the gr- tremendous energy to start it. And then they, then eventually they might either they get it to a certain point, and then they might leave it, or they might get frustrated. And the frustration comes in when they think like, oh, it's not as good as the thing I wanted to do. Okay. So now. The fact is that they have the energy to start it, and that's really exciting. So I think, but but when adults have these creative pursuits, they think, oh, it's not gonna be good enough. They have an idea of what they'd like to produce, of being somehow good enough, um, measured against a sta- an arbitrary standard of, of their own imagination, okay? This is what it should be like, mm-hmm. right? And then they think, well, I can't possibly achieve that, so I won't. I won't do it, okay? So now, one for me, one of the challenges is to is to imagine that, like, think like, well, why would? And I've had this when I've taught, um, I've taught adults uh, improv in workshops and over courses. And what I've had, ha- what I find is that people say like, okay, well, there's a standard I'd like to reach, but I'm not there yet, uh, so I'm going to be very angry and frustrated with myself. And, and I, <laughs> I think, well, if you don't do the work. Right, ultimately, if you don't do the work and you expose yourself to the practice of doing it, then you won't make any discoveries. And it might well be, and it's not a very popular thing to say, but it might well be that you're just not very good at it, right? <laughs> you're never gonna be very good at it, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's gonna is going to be a tremendous, Nobody. not everybody's gonna be a good actor, not everybody's gonna be a great brain surgeon, not everybody's gonna be a f- wonderful singer, okay? So that it might be, Complete your your aim might be completely unrealistic, right? But I don't think that it's not. I don't think that it's not worth exploring, because you'll find out the limitations. We can't all be astronauts, okay? So well. that that's evident. I've given up. I've given up any hope I might have had of becoming the next James Bond, <laughs> <laughs> purely on uh, age grounds, mm-hmm. okay? Because so. you have the looks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I think uh, I think it was David Niven played James Bond when he was in his sixties. So you never know. Okay, so, <laughs> so, but the fact is that like there is a, there is I think there really is a thing for like okay if we, let's let's talk about uh, the writing poetry which I've come to fairly recently. Is thinking like okay, the only way for me the cri- the only criteria is like if I don't criticize it when it's going onto the page, I'll I'll write it and I'll ed- edit it and then I will perform it. Okay, but if I just let it be, then the next stage is to put it in front of the audience and see if it lands, see if it connects. And what happens then is really, really wonderful because you're just putting it out there. And I really would encourage anybody to just think, like it doesn't matter how afraid you are of doing it. If you just make something and put it out there, you'll be amazed the, how generously people will receive it yeah and that's worth trying because that's yeah that's a wonderfully humbling experience Mm, for sure
2: there's a guy i follow on instagram um i can't remember his name now but he's all about positivity and he's all about uh putting out your content and you know just not being afraid of what people are gonna think about it because for most of us you know if you're living in a creative field or you work in a creative field you have this artwork that you think is good but you're afraid of what other people are going to think about it. Yeah. So you limit the amount of output you have based on other people's imaginary beliefs yeah. uh, of how good your work is. Mm. Um, and one of his things is, um, his quote is, uh, no one cares, work harder. Just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's just some really good advice yeah. on how to move yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really So
0: nice. with that bravery note, I think you have something prepared for us for today. So let's hear it.
1: Alrighty. (laughs) Angry Man Encounters Cat and Bird Emerging onto the balcony one morning, the man, phone in one hand, cigarette in the other, discovers a large ginger cat defecating in an ornamental pot where his fine... Desert grasses grow Outraged he cries Get out of it And lunges forward Aiming a kick squarely At the cat's behind But the cat evades Nimbly and flees Along the railing Hearing a cry From the neighbor's tree The man turns to see A gull watching him Narrowing his eyes The man sees, as if for the first time, the bird's ridiculous thin red legs, webbed feet, and lack of arms. And you, he yells, can fuck off and all. The man throws his cigarette lighter at the bird. It misses, falling hopelessly into the gardens below, beyond sight, landing softly so that no sound is heard the bird flies away some minutes later the bird spots the cat sitting in the center of a decorative circle of paving stones it comes into land and for a moment the bird and the cat regard each other moss grows through the cracks there is a distant sound of running water the sun shines the cat turns its head back to the sun sniffs the breeze and closes its eyes wondering for a moment what it must be like to be able to fly the bird looks towards the sun too but it does not occur to the bird for a moment what it might be like to close one's eyes
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this Was it inspired by actual events?
2: <laughs> I thought it was a true story I think,
1: I think you should write what you know yeah. <laughs> uh it's true. I do have a cat that comes onto the balcony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, but I can't be on it at the same time as the cat, because the cat doesn't. Trust <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. So, we okay. share the balcony. It's an informal arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's
2: working out. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's Amsterdam for you, right? Yeah. Birds and cats, <laughs> informally.
2: <laughs> Your... Um, yeah your uh, I guess poem was very visual you know you're very detailed with the visuals how it looked mm. uh, what was happening you know frame by frame mm. um do you think that's influenced by your filmmaking cuz i was following the story in my mind i was like cuz you are describing the light of falling and then it lands softly on such mm. and such um do you think that comes from you being a filmmaker I think i think it probably does i i don't think it's a deliberate
1: choice in the sense that yeah i didn't i don't set out to writing i think a particular way but this is again this is part of the thing of having like um uh, receiving comments from the audience or receiving comments from other writers and performers um this is there is something about that that i've heard that resonates that i've heard before so i I think okay yeah probably i'm a, a visual thinker and and again it is these um I I think that there's also there's also a legacy of poetry that I've read and again what um, and perhaps that I'm a visual you know visual thinker of seeing the way that language creates these images in your head of being aware of this phenomenon and so um yeah I can I can see that that's something that perhaps feeds back into the way I'm doing things as well um sometimes like again in the, in this one there are certain details and i don't know i don't quite I don't know, after i've written because I, re- I write quite quickly as well i, I would say actually i write very quick, quickly <laughs> i don't like to think about it too much at all um and, and then often i when it when i read it back and have the you know the replay process the images occurring in my own head it's like that's quite um the, uh, in this poem there's an image of uh, moss growing through cracks and again that Evokes for me, you know. I mean, it, 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 uh, it, it implies that time is slow and time is passing slowly, but it also it, it does feel, in in you know, clumsier where it evokes sort of time lapse imagery of mm. uh, you know, nature programs and things like this. So I think that there is an element of, um, I think, yeah, it's probably an inevitable leg- legacy of working in film for so long.
0: Mm. And you say you're writing fast, but um, when do you write? Do you have like your process? Do you are you a morning person? Do you write evenings, mornings?
1: No, I'm um, um I'm certainly not a morning person. Mm. Uh, yeah, that um, I've been trying to challenge <laughs> that lately, it's not going very well. But uh, yeah, no. So the process for me is usually. Um, just before the deadline is is quite a good thing. Actually, the deadline has been a super uh, useful thing for me. So actually to go out and proactively seek, you know, this is something for other people too, but Mm. to proactively seek an audience, to find a place to perform and have that deadline in place. Um, And then recognizing that it would be very easy at that point to say, Okay, I have a performance, so I have this work already that exists that mm. so I could go perform. For actually, to say, mm, okay, on this date at this time, I would like to present one new piece or two new pieces, for example, and maybe read an older piece. Um, I'm finding that really helpful for just generating more stuff. Sorry, excuse me, a moment. <laughs> Getting a bit caught on my wine. You mean water? <laughs> water. Red water okay we'll take that one out uh, <laughs> take that one out. there you go uh yeah so i'm finding that the, the the deadline to be a really useful device for getting me to generate right. new work and so um and then um yeah not and, and yeah without any sense of shame or embarrassment to say that actually literally the hour before i head to a gig would be Mm. a good time for me to write something or um, I had a performance recently where I hadn't written anything new and I was going to perform an older piece and then when I got there I thought actually no there was something new I wanted to say this week so I wrote it um, in the bar before I went up so that was quite nice.
0: So, firm shout out for, for procrastinators everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but again, just thinking like, okay, that has to be the. But the challenge comes from me mm. in the sense of saying no. I will generate something new. Yeah, because I can always rely on something old. Yeah, <laughs> because I've always got that on, on hand in yeah in my pocket. But it's like no, let's do something new this time. It's almost. It's sort of knock. It's sort of knocking up against the improv thing, which I have years of experience of. Right. And yet, there's something about this um, this medium, the spoken word, where I'm not, I don't feel, I don't, know if it, I don't even know if it's ready, but I don't feel that I want it to be a complete improvisation on the stage. Hmm. But there, are, there is something that I wanna write down before I get up there. It's a different, it's a, it's a slightly different process for me. I'm not saying that that might not come in the future or i might want to explore that but it's not there yet right now it is about wanting to write something down um to know uh yeah to know that what what is that narrative path <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before i step up there yeah yeah, yeah.
2: everyone's got um <clears throat> everyone's got a different process um so i think you kind of have to just trust that right yeah you've been doing it so long and it's yeah. working for you yeah so far um, so there's something to be said for, you know, even if it is maybe last minute and a bit improv that's how you do it. Yeah. And the end result for the audience is just as good. So, you know, who cares if you wake up at 12 in the afternoon and write uh, write a poem and then perform it, you know, four hours later in the evening. If it works, it works, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think And I think that's um, one of the things that we can um, be thankful to the audience for is that the audience doesn't ask the question well how long did you work on this <laughs> <laughs> attaching some notion to the fact that like oh if something took you or is this a book that took you t- 20 years to write mm-hmm. therefore it has more value than this Substance. Thing. you know we're, we're just be, yeah the um the audience goes in good faith to see these events and um um and their expectations and uh uh high you know they want to be entertained or moved or whatever that is and um uh you know that's the that's a generous thing for them to do and um they want you to succeed they want to, they want to be entertained or moved or whatever it is um that's why they're there. So I think that that's a really nice uh, contract that we have with them is that it's only when you know I mean what's the worst performance you've ever seen? do not know somebody <laughs> on stage forgets forgets their lines or mm. um or um is totally inappropriate or if the audience becomes self self conscious or embarrassed by mm-hmm. the performance they're seeing then then that's probably the only way it can go really badly, Rob.
0: Have you had moments where you like? What's the strangest thing that happened to you on the stage?
1: I, will, I think that um, improv comedy is the is the place where it was most likely to be, um, where you could push the envelope of what's appropriate, right? Or you could test 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 the audience in a way of being provocative. And seeing what makes the audience grow, because if you're doing comedy, then you have a, you have this constant feedback from the audience of um, oh this, even to the point where you can sort of uh, detect what part of the room it's working in, right? So you go like, oh, well, that group over there likes risque you know. humor. <laughs> this group over here likes intellectually well. <laughs> <laughs> so you can sort of play the room. Yeah. But if you want to. Um, and then you can use, you know, you could use bad language or, or be deliberately pr- provocative or f- offensive, and just see, like, okay, well, how far can I push this this audience? And then trying that, and and some of those, uh, occasionally, I think once or twice, I've sort of said something spontaneously and thought, oh, that didn't land well. <laughs> and then you go, well, okay, well, we don't need to do that again. Right, you know, we're not on a script. But we can, yeah, we can change it because um, some performances actually then pursue that further and that makes them a different sort of person to watch um
2: it's an interesting relationship because they want you to be good for their benefit yeah and you want them to be good for your benefit as well so there's like a push and pull you know but if you're not good, they're gonna tear you apart, and they're not gonna <laughs> enjoy your <laughs> poetry, and that's gonna affect your performance as well. So how do you how do you handle that? You know, knowing that, man, I really need to deliver for these people who've turned up and maybe paid money to come and see what I have to say. How do you deal with that in your head?
1: I think I think it's um, uh, for me the uh, <clears throat> for me um, arriving within integrity so that means and that's just a set of my own of having a certain set of my own rules (laughs) certain or or values so um one thing that's important to me is like okay well am I stepping on stage with with what I want to present now is is it if I set myself the challenge of a new piece did I write it right Or or am I just if I if I if I did that and I turn up and I've only got I've got three older pieces that i uh, I feel lazy and I think okay well I'm not at my best but fortunately that doesn't happen so much usually if I set myself the challenge then that's then I'm, and I say I'm going to read something new then I'll deliver on that promise that I made to initially to myself okay so then the next thing is to go on stage with um, probably with no alcohol right <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not, not be drunk yeah okay. not, not a good idea <laughs> to, to record to record <laughs> You know, and then again, that might work for some performance and not for others. But for me, it's like okay. So, having had, uh, I can have my social. If this is a social evening, um, and I want to watch too, then I can have my I can have my glass of wine after the after the set. Yeah. Okay, but until I've performed, I'll be on. I want to be completely aware. And once or twice, I've, I thought, oh, it won't hurt. <laughs> I'll just have a couple of beers before I go on. And actually I noticed <laughs> the difference in myself. So it's like, okay, so it's not something for me. So I won't, won't do that either. So again, I think, but I think that as long as it's a bit like, um, you know, like the football fan who has his lucky pants and things like this. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, if I get all the variables right <laughs> my team will win and, yeah. <laughs> and, and to a certain extent I think it's a little bit like that it's like let's nobody's giving us these performance rules so it's like okay what we just have a set of criteria where I think I've done the best job to get on and treat the audience with respect and believe that there's something in the work that I'll do that I've got the mix right that will connect with them and then also if I feel like it to explain that. I can ex- always take the extra step of saying, well, today I feel this, right? Okay, this is what's been going on for me today. And revealing something about the um, my personality, something that I'm really feeling. Um, for a long time, hosting comedy um, it wasn't so much me on stage as a persona that I had a, a slightly more a more confident, <laughs> more comedic, more exp- outgoing version of myself would go on stage. This is the character that I created, and, that, and I still draw on that person sometimes, but also now I'm becoming more interested in presenting myself, like private me on stage and seeing what happens there as well. Because I think by being authentic, when you present your work, again, you're giving the audience a further way of connecting and not just you know and it doesn't just work in terms of the connection that they have with the performer on stage it will you know you can you you will see people connecting with the people that they've come with in a different way because you'll have affected them in some way that they'll want to talk about it Mm. and that's really interesting too
0: yeah for sure and it's it's the vulnerability that connects people right yeah because then you also become in a way, quote-unquote, responsible for that person because they shared something with you and you're responsible for that feeling in a way to hold space for that person to share. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's really beautiful, I think.
2: Well, I look forward to seeing your next performance on stage, Luke. Oh, thank you very much. And for our audience listening, where can they find you online? Right, well, I have my Instagram at Luke
1: underscore Davis, D-A-V-I-E-S. With an E,
0: we will spell it out and spell it out (laughs) on your Instagram. (laughs)
1: Yeah, just go to your your social and find me there. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, thank you very much. It's super fun.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you so much.
2: And for our audience listening, uh, as usual, you can find us on www.wordupodcast.com where you'll find our social media, past and present guests. And you can also make suggestions on guests that you think we should speak to. See you next time. Bye. Should I say see you next week? I should say see you next episode. Can I just add that? See you next time. time. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time.